the fiend is on fire. I, I got another one. Light him up, 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 light him up, 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 light him up, up, up. <laughs> he's on fire. I thought you didn't like singing on here anymore. You know we're going to be doing a Christmas song next week, don't you? No, you are. <laughs> you fucking are as well. Why couldn't Bray Wyatt light the fireplace? <sighs> Go on. Because he loses all his matches. Well, he used to. <laughs> Wrestling! Ar- arsonist! Arsonism! Arsonism? Arson? No, it's just arson, isn't it? Yeah, what? Yeah, what's. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> you fucked up! You fucked up! Well, you. I fucked up. Roll up! No, it's not. Everybody, welcome back to Three Men, One Fall. One Fall. So, you're joining us today for our WWE TLC 2020 review. And uh, that took place this past Sunday, or yesterday, as of recording. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, we've got a lot to talk about with that one. Oh, definitely. Right, what we are, we're a pro wrestling podcast, a fan podcast. Uh, if you're new to us... I suppose we should introduce ourselves. Who are the two men? Yeah, it's just the two of us, and we can make it if we try. Just, a, <laughs> just the two of us. You and I. Just the two of us. Uh, it's Ash here. And I'm Russ. Uh, we usually have Jay. Uh, Jay, not able for uh, this one. Although, doesn't really watch the WWE product that much anymore. But again, parental duties and everything else in between... It's difficult sometimes, and especially trying to make time to watch something that you don't really enjoy. It sometimes is a big ask, and it's Christmas, you know. Yeah, sometimes I wish I didn't watch the WD products half the time, but <laughs> TLC it is. TLC it is. If you're joining us um, previously, if you have uh, been following us now for a little while, obviously, you know, thank you very much for coming back to us. We must be doing something right if you're coming back. I know. So, also, I do want to just say really quickly. We was aiming for 700 downloads by the end of the year, and we've now passed 700 downloads. So that's a massive thank you to all of you guys. Originally, I think we was only going to aim for 500, and that's only when we realised that the first month it was picking up um, sort of better than we thought it, well, or at least anticipated it would. You've said it before anyway, haven't you, Ash? Yeah, it's like (laughs) 700 more than I thought we would get at this this stage. (laughs) Yeah, I, I know. No, thank you all so much for all of that. So... We are going to get into it then. WWE TLC. Yeah. Um, did you watch the pre-show? No, I did not watch the pre-show. I'm very bad when it comes to watching pre-shows. Although I've got, I've got a confession to make as well, actually. Go on. I, so I watched it live. I thought, you know what? I'm going, to, I'm going to watch it live. 
Or, or at least I'll try to and see how long I last. I thought it started at 1am, obviously here in the UK. So I sort of like go on thinking I'm going to catch pre-show at half 12. And it, I've just jumped straight into the first match. And I was like, oh shit. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I've had to go back and obviously watch that again from the beginning. But yeah, I, I did that once with uh, 2017 Royal Rumble. I tried watching right. it. I tried watching it live, but I got to uh, like halfway through the show because <laughs> it was the first hour. <laughs> but um, oh God, uh, yeah, the the, the pre show match was Big E, Daniel Bryan, Chad Gable, and Otis against King Corbin, Sami Zayn, Cesaro, and Shinsuke Nakamura, and the face team won. So well, Big E got the win over Sami Zayn, didn't he? Yeah, he got the pinfall. Being referred to dur- throughout the night. Yeah, so. Yeah, I, well, I guess that's an angle then coming between Biggie and Sami Zayn, but uh, we'll talk about we'll talk more about that, I suppose, once we get to the, the sort of segments. Yeah, as they appeared. There's a lot of um, segments between these two. Yeah, there was quite a few actually through the night. Uh, so yeah, the show's about three hours long, um, pretty much exactly, which was nice to be honest. I miss shows that were three hours for, for WWE and not the sort of five, six hour long. Yeah. Sometimes just slogs is what they are. It's just sometimes way too long to sit there, especially that time of the morning. Yeah, especially when there's there's only six matches on the main card. Yeah. But it didn't feel like it was a three-hour show either. No, because looking at at the match list now, there's only two, three matches that are basically over 15 minutes. Yeah. And yeah, it feels like um, every pay-per-view match has to be a long one nowadays. It's nice to have some. Well, it was good. Yeah, it was good. It still, it just, yeah, it just it felt not quick, but it just it didn't feel like it was a slog. No, because so we're off to a good start there. Yeah. <laughs> Watched it this uh, this morning after work as we're as recording, and it went quick. Not a bad match on the show, really. No, I I, I did. I, I actually really enjoyed this one. Um, so I've only really been watching the pay per views properly this year for the first time in you know a couple of years really but yeah i've only been watching them since probably clash of champions mm. and that was the first review we did so yeah i'd say this is probably the best one so far from within that period yeah but yeah we'll we'll get to our ratings and things but i do want to say one another thing i was we're trying to do our predictions uh on the weekly roll-up and we didn't have the weekly roll-up last week and you know what? i'm absolutely gutted because I know it's easy for me to say this after the fact, right? But if we'd have done predictions, I would have nailed the show. What? 100%? I'd have done it. Uh, 100%. Yeah. I, I would have predicted every single one right. Every single one right. But. I might have got one or two wrong. But we'll oh, get. all right. But we'll get. We'll find that. out then. Yeah. I think they're the obvious ones, to be honest. But. Right. Should we start off with the opening of the main show? Yeah, let's do it. What an opener it was. Yeah, it was a... Well, should we say it started off as, or should we say what it became? Well, it's booked as well, it, the WWE yeah. Championship match singles. Yeah. Well, uh, one-on-one TLC right. match. Okay, so we started off the show with a TLC match between Drew McIntyre, the WWE Champion, and he fought AJ Styles as with his manager, Omos. Yeah. Didn't end up a singles, though. No, it didn't. For some reason, Miz cashed in his money in the bank. And lost. Yeah. So Drew retains the championship. So that's the, that's the winner. Drew retains it. 
I think it was the right call. Yeah. But I predicted Drew on the basis it was one-on-one. When The Miz came out, I did kind of think, oh, shit, right, okay, they're going for this then. But I suppose if we just break down that segment there, so essentially Drew's climbing the ladder at this point, isn't he? Yeah. And then- He's got AJ laid out. He's climbing the ladder. The Miz comes out with Morrison. They're cashing in. Miz um, goes up from the bottom of the ladder. Drew's kind of halfway up and he power bombs him off the ladder and through a table. Yeah. It kind of looks at this point as though it's inevitable. Writing's on the wall. Miz is going to climb up, get the pelt, but almost <laughs> gets in the God. ring. <laughs> Carries, pulls, just, just peels the Miz off of the ladder and then holds him, cradles him in his arms like a baby and just sort of almost gently sort of dumps him over the top rope yeah. and through another table. Yeah, it was just like, I'll pick you up and then I'll place you down. Yeah. And I, do you think that's what they were tra- doing at the training centre with all the big men? Because remember that? What, gently putting people through yeah, tables? Yeah, because you know there was him. <laughs> uh, it was him, Biggie, uh, not Biggie. Um, it was Otis, him, Otis, Keith Lee. Keith Lee, Dio Madden, or whatever yeah. his name is in Retribution. So basically, nearly all the big men. Do you think that's what they, they want him to do? <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know. But because I think that's one thing we should mention about the last week of roll up we did was we mentioned about the uh, people going in to the training centre, and we didn't know who they were at the time. But as soon as we were finishing off, I found we found out, which was annoying. Yeah, the news had, it broke whilst we were recording. But the trouble is, that, I mean, at the time it was just a rumor. Yeah. So. You know, you don't want to sort of really go into them too much because it could just be a waste of breath. But no. yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure what, I mean, he's not exactly active in the ring at no. this point, is he? So um, he had a little spot after that table spot with Morrison with yeah. the gimmick chair. Which was fucking crazy. <laughs> it looks really good. Because um, obviously it was, it was a gimmick chair that where Morrison had hit him in the back and, like, the kind of base of the chair fell out, and then the top of the chair, like, had snapped and curved around him. But, obviously, almost just stands there like he's not even... No. Like, not even budged. Like, he didn't even move, did he? No. So... But when he did... Because he was chased out of Morrison, obviously, so they can get out for the finish. But Morrison could have just ran, because Omos just walked really slow. It's like the... Uh, the uh, Michael Myers... Sort of stalking through Halloween. Yeah, he, you know, he, well, it doesn't matter how slow he goes; he's going to get you eventually. Yeah, but um, Morrison selling up the ramp was quite funny. It was. He just you know did the he played the the role of the teenage girl in the horror film that can't run without falling over. <laughs> going back to the cash in, he Morrison cashed in the money in the bank, not Miz. He's the one who well, handled, okay. he handed the briefcase. <laughs> yeah, but he cashes it in on his behalf, doesn't yeah, but, he? Yeah, but it's the person who holds the briefcase should uh, do the cash in, right? Well, if that's the case, then sometimes the ref cashes in. Yeah, but you can't hand the ref. To, you can't hand it to the ref himself, can he? Well, of course you can. Where's that ever written? No one's going to look at that sort of stuff. Well, the one from I have. Nobody's looking at that. Yeah, but the one Morrison th- actually cashed. It doesn't matter either way because he didn't win the match. Well, no. The one thing I have a problem with the money in bank is <laughs> what's the point of them doing all these contract signings if one person signs a contract it's not a match i mean yeah i guess but yeah you can't you can't get too hung up on 
those sort of things with WWE. Because if, yeah. if you're going to have any kind of, or, or wrestling in general, really, but if you're going to get too hung up on stuff like that, you're you're just not going to enjoy the product. No, not really. Ever. Uh, and just- WWE can be a, a struggle to try and enjoy sometimes. So if you're going to, if and I think that's, that's what causes a lot of the problem a lot of the time, is that you can almost find too much to try and, uh, be negative about and try and pick out. You're just you're going to hinder yourself any chance of liking the product further. Mm. You know they do plenty of booking decisions that are ridiculous enough as it is. I, I don't think you need to read between those sort of lines. Yeah. This I, the match though, I, even with the Miz cashing in and losing, I was enjoying that it. Was kind of yeah. It was it was a good match. I mean we'll talk a bit about the match, but yeah. Like the I, I suppose the big story coming out of it is that you know where does that leave the Miz then because he's not long had the, the briefcase after he beat Otis for it. No, um, two months. Uh, was it two months? Hell in a cell, wasn't yeah. it? So okay, so yeah. I mean, I, I guess where does it leave him? Does he stay in the title picture now? I mean, I guess he could, but then Cause does that defeat the purpose of having the briefcase? Um, there's no ranking system in WWE though that's the thing no. so I'm, I'm really you could just do what you want no well, the, the thing is after the match I was like well who's next for Drew because he could do another match with AJ they could do a proper triple threat yeah I think a proper triple threat is probably the, the most logical next move doesn't necessarily mean that they will go down that route nah. but it's not a bad idea and I wouldn't mind seeing that no the problem I did have with the cash in was why do you do it because Seth Rollins did it years ago, and it worked. But to me, when you're in a TLC match, you cash in after TLC because they're going to be battered more. I know, I know, it's going to sound easy to climb a ladder when mm. when there was a belt. Drew was had Drew was like uh, walking with a limp because if he had the car crush in the the chair and the te- and the ladder, right? Yeah. So, so he was selling the leg. He was selling the leg. So you had something to aim for. Miz sometimes does a figure four. I know it doesn't look good for a big, strong baby face to tap out. I just, I, I honestly, I just think it made, I, I think it worked here. I think it actually worked better to do it mid-match. Really? But it would have obviously made more sense to have done it if they were both down. But then if they were both down, that would have been how you'd have booked it if the Miz was going to actually win it. Yeah. I mean, because, yeah. I mean, you think, right, so if AJ had won the title, logically... Yeah, he won't be a hundred percent, but almost would be. Yeah, because he would have. You stopped. know, so maybe he, he he could just stop the cashing from happening before it even happens, and then Drew. I mean, I don't know. I think that that works really well. Like the the heel should always use well it, nine times out of ten, the heel should be more cowardly, right? So yeah, you know, if Drew was going to retain anyway, maybe that just implies that the Miz still, you know, even if he was going to try and pick the bones of a tired, worn out McIntyre, actually, you know, it still makes McIntyre look quite strong and, and a threat even when he's injured and even after he's had a grueling match. So, you know, you've just got a dominant face champion. But that that's the only thing. It's, it's, it's going to take somebody like a Miz or an AJ Styles now at this point to be cunning to win the title off of him because it's not going to be a clean... No. Uh, it's not going to be a clean win. So... Because if, if, if it was a triple threat to begin with, as in, like, a pinfall submission, you can be protected as a champion to lose a triple threat without being pinned. Yeah, and that's why potentially, you know, if it, it depends really, it depends if they plan on taking the title off him again. I don't know why they really did it to begin with. No, I thought maybe they were going to do something a bit more with Orton, but um, well, we'll get to Orton in a bit. Yeah, absolutely, we will. You know, in terms of him being in the title picture, I thought that's what they'd go for. But 
don't know, it works. The thing is, what I was saying before about that, you know, because Drew may be getting stale, it's not because Drew is getting stale. It's you've got to, he's got to be up against the right people. That's the same as anybody. That's how these guys are going to make money. You know, if you've got a good angle with two or however many people you want in there, but, you know, uh, traditionally speaking, you've got an angle between two people and they're going to, you know, they're going to tear the house down, have great matches, tell an excellent story. Then, you know, people are going to keep paying their money. Yeah. You know, and that's that's just what, that's what Drew needs. But he's in a tough spot. He's a, he's a baby-faced monster champion. So, you know, that's why you'd, you wouldn't see that sort of stuff happen too much. Like when they're the baby face. Do you know who I think could be the next challenger? I know this is, we should probably talk about it later on later on the night, but I think MVP might be the next one. Potentially. Because, yeah. because of obviously what happens later on, we'll get to it. The Hurt yeah. Business. If the, And also, if they had booked them properly, uh, Ali would be in the challenger with Retribution. If they booked them properly. There's no point even mentioning Retribution at this no. point. They, they played no part in the show. There's not been any pay-per-views. At, well, at all? Well, they have, technically. When? You had um, Lashley defended the title, didn't he, at Hell in a Cell against um, yeah, but that's, Shane Thorns. Yeah, but that was, what, two-minute match, at least? Well, no, uh, but but that's what I mean. Like that, That's a testament to how little they care, obviously. But uh, You know, the, I mean, you know, at the Rumble, they're going to be eliminated within 10 seconds each of them. Yeah. So, what you know, what was the point? Yeah. <laughs> really, what was the point? But yeah, uh, the, the match itself was, was, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. This is again, it's one of those ones. I don't want to go through like every spot individually. I mean, if you want to pick any out, um, you know, be my guest. There was some, there was some sick. A lot of good table bumps by AJ. Yeah. A lot of good table bumps by AJ. AJ's just a good bumper. Yeah. I don't, but you know, he's, he's a seasoned vet and the guy just knows how to make this stuff look good. And he made Drew look really good. He did. Um, Cause I really like the press lamb to the table to the outside. Yeah. Um, the car crusher in the chair and then Drew pushing AJ's back of the head into the ladder. That was a good spot. I liked that. Uh, I, I think this was the least brutal yeah. of the two TLC matches on the show. Um, that's not taking anything away from it. Overall, I think this was gold. Like, I, I'd give this a gold. All right. Uh, it was really enjoyable. Like it genu- It was really, really enjoyable. But I would give it a 3.75. Okay. It was close to a, so, it was so, close, close to a four, but... To me, the Miz cash in that probably would have worked better as a after the match one, but it's just me. See, I, mine's I, mine would be gold. It's it's almost golden um like it, it's some it it's almost in that in between point yeah between that and platinum. The only but the, what bumps it up more for me is that cash in. So I think well, obviously we just look at that differently. I think which is cool. Yeah. But I, I I actually enjoyed that more and thought it. It made it better, and you're obviously more. Yeah, maybe because probably preferred to have seen it done differently. Maybe because I'm, maybe because you get used to like whenever some, like because there's been cash-ins after like a, a chamber match or a Hell in a Cell match or whenever some's cut, like got an injury then on a on kayfabe or whatever. But because it's a ladder match, it kind of does make sense. But if Miz um, Morrison did more damage to Drew and AJ before trying to climb a ladder, maybe. Yeah, I see what you mean. I'm waiting for the day where someone does a cash-in on their way to the ring. Just jumps them in the entrance. See, that would have been cool. Yeah. Obviously, again, Miz wasn't booked to go over, so it's, it, you know, it's all by the by. But if Miz, if Miz was going to be booked to go over, that would have been really cool. But you'd be denying people a really good match. 
So you've got to be really careful with it. Yeah. Because you're going to advertise a TLC match. Miz comes out in the entrance, takes the title off of a mid-entrance, gets them to hang it all up. <laughs> Whilst they're hanging it up, gets, get, goes and gets a ladder, climbs it and just takes it straight back down again. I, I mean, that would be... I mean, for me, that would be mega heel move but you know you again you are going to be denying people of their money there yeah, so it's probably not a good idea i think he's the fourth person to cash in and lose cena cashed in last sandell sandell baron corbin corbin yeah only four wow. it sounds weird when it's like because it, it says 21 uh people have tried to cash in i technically technically when kennedy won it he lost it and so did otis so do, does that count no, no, because they didn't cash in. So no, yeah, really, really decent opener that was. Really good opener. Yeah, enjoyed that a lot. So we went into I think then was it the one of the well, one of the two or three segments between Zayn and Biggie, or was it a video package? Uh, My memory's terrible. <laughs> I, yeah, the thing is, I watch it and forget straight away. <laughs> And it's the segments. I just can't yeah. remember where they're all placed. So maybe we can we'll just cover one, them all off in one go. There's one segment I do remember, which is near the end. Well, but, for the Sammy, I, I'm pretty sure it was. Do you want to do the Sammy same ones in one go though? Like, yeah, let's just do that. I think that's easier. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was like the video package of what happened at the Slammies. Well, the the, the Sammies or the Sammies, and um, <laughs> yeah, and then, yeah, and then they did the um, leaked audio, which is a rip on Tom Cruise. Which I'll be honest. I, I'm not having a go. I don't want to have a go at Tom Cruise. No, I don't know. It's weird sometimes when they take these jabs. I think it's, I don't know. A part of me sometimes feel, feels like they, they kind of do that sort of stuff to try and be a bit more like to show that they're a bit more relevant yeah, and that they're up to date with things. And cause, um, I haven't heard the Tom Cruise thing, but from what I've read about it, what's he done wrong? Cause, cause there were some people who, um, either had COVID or was not doing the restrictions properly and he was shouting at them, which... I mean, so he's basically telling people that tra- they should be following the rules. Yeah, trying to be safe. Which is okay. weird, weird oh, when... What, what, what terrible guy. Yeah, which is weird when a Scientologist, especially with the history of um, medicine, <laughs> and not wanting to go to hospitals, just saying. <laughs> but the thing is, the thing is, going back to the Sammy segment on the pay-per-view was, when he, then he goes to... Um, Keller Braxton Braxton yeah and she's she's basically doing a job not telling people where these sources come from it's probably Dave Meltzer <laughs> it's gotta be that's gotta be Meltzer but to be honest I did like the first segment because it made Big E look like the Big E before New Day yeah there's it's kind of like a hybrid now they're kind of going back to maybe a bit more of an intimidating Big E I mean, this looks as though it's going to build towards Biggie's going to take the IC title from him. Yeah. And it's probably, well, it's going to be in the new year, more than likely, unless they book it on SmackDown, I guess, before. Well, they're doing a match, uh, uh, SmackDown Christmas edition between the two okay. for, the t- for the title. Right. So that's probably where Biggie takes it. I would thought so, because every time there's a uh, Raw or SmackDown on Christmas Day or New Year's, there's always a title change. Well, it seems like there's a title change, at least, anyway. <laughs> yeah, at least one. Well, no, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm into that. And Biggie's had quite a good year, so yeah, yeah, I think he he'd do quite well for a for a run with the the strap, really. In that case, yeah, it's not. It, it, it felt like a. It didn't. Did it feel like a pay per view segment though? 
Um, I mean, they do. They sort of felt like the sort of segments you'd get in the mid, well, late 2000s. Does a pay-per-view need to set up TV? It's usually every round, but to me, but... Yeah, but you need those ratings. They've had... I mean, what, what was it? I think last Monday Night Raw was, again, another all-time low. It was the lowest that ever, and I think they said 95 impacts back in the day would have beaten it. Wow. That's what that, that's the thing. You know, you, you, it's, you've got to take a bit of a different approach. Yeah. Especially this year where it's so different. And yeah. I don't know if... Well, next match? But yeah, second match then. Was uh, Sasha Banks defending a SmackDown Women's Championship against Carmella with a new gimmick. There was a match on SmackDown a couple of weeks ago, but this is like the rematch to it. Yeah. Um, I'm just not... I'm not feeling this gimmick from Carmella. It's not her fault. I just don't... I'm just not drawn... Like, it doesn't interest me. Well... Does that make sense? Like, I'm just not invested in, in that type of character. I'm sure she can make her her own, and, you know, it's still super early days, but at the minute, it just feels like, you know, what's what's really that different about it? Um, No, it, 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 it can't, I can't think, of the, can't think of the right term, because is it just trying to update her? Because the Princess of Staten Island just didn't work for them, or...? To- I don't think it. I don't think it was that it didn't work, but you know what it's like in wrestling. You you have to keep changing. Yeah, and you have to you know. So I, I get it, but I don't know. I, time will tell. Like I'm not going to sit here and trash it. It just doesn't. You know, as it is right now, I just don't think it was interesting. But you know, regardless of that, the match itself was good. Oh yeah. I just didn't like the angle leading into it. It just felt, especially coming off of the heels of. Bailey and Sasha, where you had all of that history between the two, all of that emotion, you you had something you know very real to build that around, and then Carmella and the new gimmick, it just falls under by quite a large, you know, it, within quite a large margin for me. Because the thing is, I don't know what she's meant to be. Is she meant to be? A spoiled rich girl, or... Yeah, I mean, it looks to me like she's that kind of, you know, sass queen, like, glamour, you know, just upper self type of person, I guess. Like, that's the gimmick that it looks like they're going for. But that's what I mean. Like, there's no real substance to that. Like, that won't last very long. Like, that honestly has such a short expiry date on it. Yeah. It's it's really not going to last long. Like, what can you do with that? There's only so far that you can go with a heel whose sole gimmick is I'm better than everybody else. Because then if you keep losing, you're not better than anybody else anymore. So your gimmick is redundant. Like, that, you know, like I said, there's no point tr- trying to go into it at this stage because it is still really early on. I'm just not usually a fan of that. I just feel like it's a really generic gimmick to give to somebody. But... Having said that, some people have taken gimmicks before and really made them their own. Yeah. Really made them their own. So, and that's, and, and if anyone can do it, I'm sure Carmella can. But as it is right now, yes, it's not for me. The match, though? I like the match. Um, especially her Samonier, is that the word they say? Uh, something like that, yeah. yeah. I don't know what the word, uh, Reginald. Basically, Reginald's a bitch. That's pretty much. That's what it is. <laughs> um, because is he meant to be a butler or is he meant to be because he always hands her the champagne he's well he's a bitch yeah like that's because he's that, not a butler he's not like a he's kind of like the waiter yeah 
obviously, <laughs> obviously, they couldn't get Corey Graves to do it himself. No. Do you know what? I, but it's weird that they don't acknowledge that on commentary as well. Like they, when they, they do for to, a sermon, they don't for others. They used to. Yeah, but what? They, yeah, but then why drop it? Because the funny <laughs> just it made, consistency, man. Yeah. That's all I need. The, That's one, all I want. the one thing that made me laugh was during the entrance was Corey Graves says, "I've never seen a look so ravishing," and I went, "I bet you have, mate. <laughs> I bet you have." <laughs> no, she looked great, and she does look great. Yeah, she's always looked great, and Sasha looked great here as well, but. Like I say, wrestling-wise, really not. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with the match at all. No. Again, it didn't live up. It wasn't. It's not the same. It's it. It never was going to be the same as Bailey and Sasha. No. But coming off of the heels of that and into this one, you know, it does feel like it was a bit of a step down at this point in time. I did enjoy the match. I mean, I'd give it a silver because I thought it was a really good, strong back and forth match. Yeah. Um, a lot of shenanigans from Reginald. Yeah. And since you brought him up. Corey was mentioning it a lot on commentary, and I'll give Corey his due here because he really was pointing out some. I think it was Corey, or it might have been Byron. Actually, it was somebody. <laughs> but well, great. It all it meshes into one for me on that commentary team. But yeah, it he was like pulling out of the ring from like when when uh, Banks had the bank statement locked in. Yeah, the, f- the first and he time just pulls her out, and yeah. it's like, come on, surely that is a DQ. Again, you don't want to get too hung up on that sort of stuff, but nah. you know, suspension of disbelief. You're asking for a lot when you're watching professional wrestling yeah. as it is. And how, like, how, how don't many test it? How many times has the manager <laughs> been kicked out the ring, uh, kicked out the arena because the referee's not seen something happen, but because the re- the wrestler in hand said it happened? Yeah, you're, you're out. Remember that time I had a go at the referee for Vicky Grow getting kicked out for no reason? <laughs> it's referee discretion. Yeah. I guess. Like they, they usually sort of play it off as that, and that's, that's fine, I suppose. Because but... Reginald catching Carmella just when uh, she went out the ring the first, like, in the first couple of minutes he, when he caught her. He, <laughs> yeah, he, he, I woke him up. Yeah, because it, it just it looked like he was about to drop her, and I was like, Botchamania. Oh, he caught her. <laughs> and then, then helping her do the kind of Karana, what's the difference between that and pulling her out of the ring? Because basically you're helping someone do a move. It's double team. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was good. I enjoyed it, yeah. and, I, and I would give this a silver. It's Second match of the night is always such a really tricky one, especially when you follow a really good opener. And WWE's been pretty good these last few pay-per-views at, at delivering a good opener. Yeah. A good opening match. It's been, it's been a long time since they've been doing that, because... Yeah. When you watch the Attitude Era and it's matches like uh, Val Venus versus Midian to open a pay-per-view, it's like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Sometimes you get, like, you know, too cool open up and then they get the yeah. win and do the dance, and that's good because it gets everyone in a good mood, but, yeah. Well, what would you give this one? My rating would be a 2.75. Okay. Not quite middle of the road, right. then. Because I thought Carmella looked really good in the match. Didn't do anything wrong. It was no, not- considering the time she had off as yeah. well. Sasha Banks... I love her because she sells like a boss. She does, yeah. The bump and bumps <laughs> like a boss. Possibly, she is possibly, great. possibly in the top three women's wrestlers of all time for me. We went into the third match. Then after that, I think again because it was another one of the Sammy Biggie segments. Yeah. But uh, there was a segment with Paul Heyman doing his. Is oh, that, that's right. My prediction is a spoiler one. Yeah, it was good, but it feels like you've heard it way too many times with Paul Heyman but yeah it's tag team titles next then yeah it was the New Day defending their Raw tag team championships against the Hurt Business of uh, Cedric Alexander and Sean Benjamin 
Probably should have also mentioned that Sasha retained, but ah oh, well. So I don't think we did. <laughs> you know we but didn't. She did. But, yeah. She t- yeah, Carmella tapped out from bank statement. Anyway, yeah, tag team wrestling. Um, so I think we should also mention the one thing that stood out for me was for once they given Cedric a character for that Instagram thing he did. Yeah, and then the one thing that was weird for me was also before the match when Chad Caruso did the dance the new day dance during the wwe championship thing i loved it i just loved that whole little yeah, if it felt, quick promo it felt her weird. business went out to the ring new day's there and they're they're gonna do biggie's line yeah and then woods is like oh it's still a bit weird without biggie yeah like, yeah yeah and you oh you can join in if you want to yeah and then you had um w w e or still yeah your and she was da- she was dancing which is weird because normally the interviewer is just like Hold the camera, hold the microphone. Don't do. Oh, come on, it's a new day, and their faces yeah. they get you into. And uh, it. if I can say it, because she's hot, I enjoyed it more. <laughs> but <Cut>. um, <laughs> <laughs> um, because um, like Cedric Alexander was saying in his promo on Instagram, was he's always been a smiling guy, the smiling guy that just got on with it. Now he's got a, now he's turned heel and he's got a reason to be a heel. But it, just to be honest, though, wasn't that exactly how the New Day were formed? Uh, kind when of. Woods was coming out and being like, look, you know, stop smiling, stop shaking hands with and with people and holding babies, kissing babies. Like, it's time to be winners. Yeah. The Hurt business have started off in the exact same way that they, they did this with the New Day. So I'm surprised that they haven't drawn those parallels unless that's coming. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing a bit more of a long-term program f- with New Day and um, the Hurt Business. I'd like to know what that would be like with a crowd, though. Would they've got over, yeah? Because MVP has been amazing. MVP is what has pushed that team to the where it is now, and because um, otherwise it would have just been just another faction get lost in the shuffle. MVP's been the good standout mouthpiece for that team, and he's believable as well. Yeah, like, he's a believable. He's, a, he's believable and he's credible. Yeah. I don't know if you saw the meme, but there was one earlier today that had, before MVP came into the WWE, they had Bobby Lashley was with the Lana and Rusev thing. Cedric Alexander was doing basically fuck all. And Sean Benjamin had disappeared for like months. Now look yeah. at them. They're like champions and dominant. Which is the the spoiler for the end of that match. No, I mean, we're, we're getting to it anyway, aren't we? But yeah. yeah, new tag team champions, which was absolutely the right move. Absolutely the right move. Uh, I, now, yeah. and, that, and, it's, and it pushes Hurt Business, like you're saying there, it pushes them up further now so that you have to take notice of them. Because this is one of the matches I didn't expect to go that way. I thought New Day were going to retain because they have been for the last month or so with Hurt. No, but- see, that's why I, 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 I kind of, I was just like, look, this is where you pull the trigger. Because if they didn't do it here, then re- when would they do it? And Hurt Business has been doing, you know, they've trashed Retribution. Um, th- I, I don't know. I just felt like this was the right time, and they did it. Luckily, so. Yeah. But yeah, match-wise, not only was the result, you know, favourable, but the match was again good back and forth, good competition between the two. I like that the, the other reason I liked the New Day promo before is because they built up this whole yeah you, well you're going up against big match New Day yeah which means that the fact that they lost okay so they went up against big match Hurt Business who on that night were better it just made Hurt Business look like New New Day just did a really good job of making the Hurt Business seem like genuine threats now mm. to the tag team division and I well I suppose Raw in general 
depending on if they sort of move up into that sort of higher tier now when it comes to the world title picture, which could happen. Hmm. I like the ending with Cedric doing the blind tag because it looked like Shelton Benjamin was like pissed because they have done that a bit on Raw and it's cost them, but this time it worked. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's good. Shelton Benjamin's first tag team title reign in 17 years or something like that. That is absolutely crazy. So that would have been... Charlie Haas. Charlie Haas. World's greatest tag team. Wow. 2000. Three then would have been the last. I think that's what they said on commentary, but I'm not sure if they won it when they came back. That's crazy. It's been nearly 20 years. Yeah. They needed it. They just needed it. And the match was really good. Like, I, I really did enjoy the match. It is a silver for me. Because, again, just a good, strong, solid match. Yeah. But just want to see where this goes now. And, and for well, for both teams, really. Yeah. A 3.25 for me. Okay. Just really good, yeah. good, good tag match. And new champions. So, because usually at this time of year, you don't think anyone's going to, uh, any titles are going to change hands on a pay per view like this, but you got one and it's a good one. It was the right thing to do. Yeah. yeah. Well, not the only one though, was it? No. Because that brings us into the next match of the night. No, it was Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler defending their Raw, uh, the Women's Tag Team Championships against Asuka and then a mystery partner. So the backstory to this was that Lana was initially Asuka's partner. Yeah. And then, again, they're still doing the, the storyline with Lana and Nia and Shayna, although it's mainly kind of Lana and Nia. Yeah. So on Raw then, Lana got the kind of, again, a fluke victory, but still a victory, and she got a, in singles competition against Nia Jax. And then Nia just went nuts. I like how they're doing, they're taking, <laughs> they're taking the idea that Nia, like, genuinely had been hurting people yeah for realsies and they've made it a storyline yeah she now hurts people and shana you know, as I well don't know how, i don't know if that's a good thing or not really well shana yeah, shana shana has the credibility to do it because of the mma background yeah and shana looks shana looks believable when she does it too yeah i mean that i've always thought that thing she does when she kind of gets the arm up and then stamps on it yeah because and it bends the elbow that thing looks vicious man that, she, honestly that should that should always just be a match ender yeah right there because that thing looks fucking vile in the, um, in the best way possible it's like um who was it pentagon does that with his arm break doesn't he that used to do yeah but i just like that sort of stuff being match enders yeah if i'm honest but yeah but essentially, they they can't they do something similar and they work on Lana's leg, don't they? And then yeah, you know they've uh, given the I think the update on the commentary was that it's a was it a ruptured ACL or yeah. something? Yeah, I think it was ACL. It was something like that. Yeah, but yeah. The I do you know what a, a small part of me for the mystery partner was kind of I, I know it was silly because I, I knew it wasn't going to happen, but I was like, oh, could you imagine if this was Kyrie saying? I thought that, but. The room at the, but then it, another part of me was like, would she could, could you offer her enough money to come back and get injured again with Nia Jax? Yeah, that's that's one thing that couldn't have happened. Because um, in that rumour, when it was announced, was it was going to be Charlotte, who I... I like Charlotte. But she... Okay. But she's... Uh, I see where this is going. Overused a bit. Okay. To, All right. Where she has to win a title. Or being too many title matches it's getting okay what is she now what is she now 12 time women's champion i'm gonna be honest with you so yeah the uh, 
obviously the rumor on the internet was that it would be Charlotte, and lo and behold, it was Charlotte Flair. Yeah. Um, because there's no one else apparently. Look, man, I thought it was awesome, and the Charlotte thing probably a discussion to go more in depth with another time. But I've got to be honest, I, I think that's why Charlotte makes the best heel out of the four horsewomen. Because she is the one that's been pushed on you so much. She is the one that's had the lineage within professional wrestling. Oh, well, she's Ric Flair's daughter. And you know people say that. When you take your, when you remove that out of the equation, though, you cannot tell me that she, the only reason Charlotte's where she's at now is just because she's Ric Flair's daughter. Oh, no. She, so, I, anyone saying that, are you? do you honestly, truly believe that Charlotte is not one of the best female wrestlers in the world right now? Oh, no. She, because she is. Like I said about Sasha, she's probably in that top three. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Out of the four horsewomen, and I know Becky really, you know, she got some real fire behind her with the anger when she was really taken off with the man gimmick. But out of the four, I've always thought Charlotte is at the top, then it's Sasha, then it's Bailey, and then it's Becky. Same. That's, that's my order in terms of... And, and so if that's the case... Charlotte should have the most championships. It falls in line with her dad. I've no doubt she'll beat her dad's record of 16-time world champion with the women's titles. Um, like you said, she's already on 12, thir- 12 or 13. I think it is 12. Yeah. But, yeah, look, she took the tag team titles. It's, it'd be interesting to see them, what they do now between her and Oscar, whether or not they're going to have another feud for that title, because Raw needs it. Raw needed... yeah. A credible women's um, challenger to come in now for that title. Because we'd said that before. It's done a massive 180 now. When they originally brought back the bland, uh, the brand split, and, and the bland split, because most of them are. But yeah. Raw ended up with the with gold. And SmackDown, I'm not saying SmackDown owned it was shit, but it just it struggled a lot more. SmackDown was just constant multi-women matches. Whereas Raw was doing your first ever women's Hell in a Cell, your first ever this, your first ever that. And they had Sasha and uh, Charlotte just tearing it down on Raw and then bringing other people. They, had, they was building story there, whereas SmackDown was just, it just felt like it was lagging behind. Huge 180 now when you fast forward four years. SmackDown, in my opinion, has ran off into the sunset. Oh, the women's division. SmackDown is not just the women's, but SmackDown is such a better show than Raw. It has been, but I've always thought that to be the case for a long time anyway. Oh, yeah. Not during that period when they when the brands were done and SmackDown was essentially just a glorified, you know, velocity or heat hmm. for, for Monday Night Raw. Look, I, th- I think Charlotte was a really, like, she, she was due back. Good way to bring it back in. Good way to, you know, because you can, now you can. Have Lana and Nia finish off that story there because that that's good. I like that story now. I'm I'm growing to like it. If Lana comes out on top at the end, this would be great. If Lana takes the title at Mania, that's where I want to see it go to. Is Lana takes the championship at WrestleMania? Underdog story once again. She's coming through. Battles through all the bullying. Battles through, you know, Nia Jax, Monster Heel. Battles through Shayna, Monster Heel works away to the championship. I think that'd be awesome. I don't know if she'll win the title at Mania. I reckon she might win the Battle Royal. Maybe. But I think ultimately that storyline needs to be able to push her into a title picture. Whether she wins a title or not, it's, you've got to. Otherwise, do, what's the point? Do you think they'll put, uh, put her in time for the Rumble? But If they want to do an ACL injury, which is a long time. 
That'd be interesting. Do you remember the Rumble when she couldn't enter the Rumble because she had a, a foot injury? Yeah. That's when uh, Becky won it. This, Becky won it, yeah. So you could, I mean, you could call back to that, really, if you if you wanted to. But yeah, um, but uh, the match itself was quite short. Yeah, just under 10 minutes. Everybody got their shit in and the heels kind of got, not squashed, but it really was showcasing Charlotte, really. Yeah. On her big return. And she looked amazing. She really did look great. Yeah, the moon salts looks good, and uh, I did like I did like the fact that because her, her and Shayna could be a good feud in the future. I thought that the fact that she got the pinfall over Shayna, uh, no, she got the yeah, it was a pinfall natural selection. Uh, yeah, sorry, yeah, after the natural selection, sorry, yeah, that that I'm see that I'm into that I really am into. It's just wondering how long this title reign's going to last and how long she's going to last as a face because she's a much better heel. Oh, much, much better heel. Your flair, your flair, you've got to be a heel. But hopefully she stays face long enough to face Shayna. Here's a, here's a thing about the title win. Uh, Charlotte is now the fifth women's triple crown and the fourth women's grand slam. And I think it's... Wow. I think it's Asuka, Bailey, Sasha that are the grand slam and Charlotte. She'll be in fucking all of... Sa- she'll, she'll be in the Hall of Fame before you know it. Yeah. <laughs> The rate is going. No, fair play. I I thought, yeah, that was the, the right move. What is next for Shayna and Nia? Because one thing I should mention, we, we haven't mentioned, was the backstage promo with Billy Kay and Asuka, that, which was really funny. <laughs> oh, yeah. Billy Kay is great. Yeah, giving her the resume. She's so. F- and the accent really does help. Yeah. It, the, the best part was when she says, I speak fluent Japanese, and Asuka says something in Japanese, and Billy Kay's like, Oh, what the hell? <laughs> and then the, the mask she brought out was fucking brilliant. Billy Case, yeah, I do. I think she's she is so good. But they've got the women there. They've got the women on Raw. Just need to start building them up now, well, building character, and give people reason to to want to invest in the matches. That's all it's got to be. Just give it time, and just be you know. Put some some effort into the booking of the of, of the characters. That's all it's got to be. The in ring work is fine, but without proper story, people don't care. Uh, and am I right in thinking this is the f- the f- yeah the third time Asuka's won a TLC pay per view that featured Charlotte? Because mm, last year she, I don't know. Yeah, yeah last year was the match with Carrie Sane where she got destroyed by Charlotte and got concussed. Then the year before that was a triple threat with um, Ronda Rousey getting involved. Yeah, it could be, yeah. And okay, nice, um, nice observation. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's weird how... Because that's the weird thing about some wrestlers, how they always seem to win at certain pay-per-views. Like Shinsuke's won a title at Extreme Rules every for the last two or three years. Yeah. Well, sh- um, well Orton... Orton the Survivor Series. Used to be Mr. Survivor Series, yeah. Take up Mania. Charlotte's... Uh, and you know, initial kind of thing was that she didn't lose on pay per view. Yeah, and then she lost before a mania, which is weird. <laughs> You'd have thought you'd save that for a mania, but no. It's what it is. Yeah. What would you give this one then? Um three. Yeah. It was a. it was a silver. More for the it wasn't the Oh that's three in a row. Um it wasn't you know, the the, the actual wrestling within the match I didn't enjoy as much as the previous two. But it was the it it was just excitement like it was constantly sort of go 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 in that match and that's what it needed to be yeah 
you know and it wasn't very long and i just it it just i think it suited the purpose it went out to fulfill i think it did it really well so yeah it's a silver for I'm, I'm more intrigued at what's i'm more intrigued what's going to happen in the future yeah and that's what those sort of matches should do yeah set up intrigue and leave you wanting more you know you don't have to have it all in one go no right was this was this segment i'm thinking of after before or after this match with the, Which one's this? The 2021. I don't think... I've, I just, well, whatever. I don't do you want to really do want to sort of go into this. I mean... Because I would... I wanted, as soon as it came up, I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Could you imagine being in that Thunderdome audience and you get told, Drew McIntyre's going to do a promo and he gets interrupted by a weird animated 2020 that Drew beats up? But I don't know how the Thunderdome crowd works completely. I'm going to have to be completely honest with you, and I'll elaborate more on that with the main event. Yeah, I t- it just it was there, wasn't it? It was it was there. <laughs> what could you say? Bunch of wrestlers beating up some weird animation of, I guess, coronavirus. Uh, that's what it's meant to be. I don't know. But one okay. thing, th- there was one moment of it getting put for a table, which, which worked for me. <laughs> right. Well, fuck that, because it's time to talk about the semi-main event. Yeah. It was another TLC match of Roman Reigns with Paul Heyman defending the Universal title against Kevin Owens. What a fucking awesome match. I know. Why is it taking heel Roman, heel shirtless sexy Roman, <laughs> to get, to be even more amazing? <laughs> That's what, all he needed to do the whole time was just take his vest off. Yeah. That's all he needed to do. Because <laughs> I swear, because it's weird. Because I know this is going back when the shield's about, but there's been times when he's had he had the vest off and he didn't look anything like that. I know it's a different time, and he's had that time off and he looks. That time off, he was really working on himself. Yeah, another is it a Samoan thing? Because it happened with the Rock. What turn heel and then people love you? No, I mean like getting jacked and being awesome again. <laughs> the Rock never stopped being awesome. Well, he did. Some of his movies weren't that great. Yeah, but he's, his movies weren't great, but he was. Oh, he was great. Anyway, beside the point, right, this match, I had to think about this. I really, really had to think about this. And I'm settling on it that this was match of the night for me. Definitely. I don't know where to really begin with this one. I, do you want to start with maybe Owens? Um, Let's see. Because... He took a beating. He fucking took a hell of a beating. That was the story of this match, yeah. really. Is the, the guy can take a beating, but you basically got... A, well, in his words, he's, he needs to be killed for him to to stop coming for him. And it, and it, and it, the match really was like that. And it was, it was strange because it kind of echoed Jey Uso to a degree yeah. in those matches. Like, he kept coming and kept coming. And I, I, I just love Roman's kind of facial reactions to that sort of stuff where, you know, when he thinks he's done enough damage and they still want to come for him, he's just like, he is just offended. And he kind of is just like, like in disbelief, like, what, why? Like, you've seen what I've done around here for the past five, six years. I mean, I'm going by singles run, but yeah. do you know what I mean? It just, there wasn't much in the way of monologuing for this one. Like he does, he, he's done in the other ones, but I guess it's different type of match and he worked it differently, but it was kind of brutal in some points. Owens himself, I thought still came out of this looking awesome, yeah. but they need to keep him now at the main event. What about that bump on the ladder? 
that oh, which, on the ladder. Which, which, there's there's two because of second one. Yeah, because there was a power bomb which Michael Cole called a spine buster. Oh my god! Not once, but twice, yeah. and he said it was through the table. <laughs> yeah, that's a Michael Cole thing. Spine buster through the table. No, it's a power bomb through a ladder, Michael. You're drunk. Go home. But you need some sleep, my friend. Because. <laughs> to be honest, it's, do, do you think, right, does that mean that Michael Cole thinks that Roman's the head of the ladder? Probably. But, um, yeah, that second one, it was where the ladder was, like, on its side, opened up, but on its side. Yeah, that was sick. That was savage. And he's, he's back, just right at the top bit, on the edge of it. Oh, God. Oh, That's not the first time he's done that, though, Kevin Owens. No. It's so good. Every story, anybody who's stepping in the ring with Reigns right now is being elevated to a whole new level. Definitely. Reigns is is credible right now. Like, I can look at Reigns right now and go, yeah, this is the big dog in WWE right now. Him and him and McIntyre, like, I'm believing it. But Reigns specifically. And Jay has come out into his own and they've done... a an exceptional job with that. Like Jay now being, you know, actually siding with him. Yeah. He kept coming out in the match and stopping Owens from progressing any further. And he took a, you know, which was good. And I think that's a good thing because he's taken him for Roman. Yeah. I don't know if, I don't know if I like the fact that he got his ankle stud on in between a chair and like, it, it, to me, it didn't feel, it didn't feel like he was selling it when he kept coming back. Yeah. I did notice it, but I'll tell you what, that, that it was one of those sort of things where it didn't matter as much because of how good Owen selling was throughout the entire match. Like Owens looked like he was fucked. Yeah. Like cause Reigns was hitting him with everything and, and Owens really just sold the lot. Like just, uh, you could not ask for anything more from it. Th- this is one of those other matches where I just say, let's go and watch it. Cause it, it, it really is. It really is good. Yeah. The spear to Owen through the table uh, when it was set oh, up in the yes. corner. Yeah. Fucking love that. The yeah. way the table just like basically folded in on him. And stuff, yeah, it, was, it was great. Because you, normally when that happens, the table just like will bend in half. Or sometimes yeah. it was just like a little bit of a break. This one, the whole fucking table destroyed. It's, there were some good visuals in this yeah. match. And uh, to be fair, Roman took some good bumps as well. Yeah, he did. The spear into the uh, barricade. Yeah, and he he flew into that. It's only the second time we're seeing it. I realised because I thought he went head first, but I realised he kind of got out of the way. But it still looked savage. He took he took a stunner well. Yeah, Jay took a good stunner too. Yeah, the stunner still feels a bit weird for me. Like I love the stunner, and it is my favourite finishing move of all time. It's just it, you know, anybody that does a stone cold stunner that isn't stone cold Steve Austin. It just takes some real getting used to. At least he doesn't. And, it's, and I'm the same with the pedigree. Yeah. He, at least he doesn't slap the leg that when he does the kick. And like, um, <laughs> no, he does. He delivers a proper stunner. Yeah. Who is it that did it? Um, Willie Mack. Yeah. He, he does, yeah. Willie Mack does the slap of the leg before the enjoying the kick. Which and I, I love him, but yeah, he's he, he needs to cut that yeah, bollocks out. Why? <laughs> Austin never did it. No. But yeah, uh, good some good shit. And there were some points where it genuinely looked like Kevin Owens was, was going to get it. Like two or yeah. three times he has the belt in his hands. But it's it- infuriating, isn't it? Like it's the curse of the ladder. Like you you move at 100 sort of, you, you move at full speed. And then as soon as you step one foot on the ladder, time just moves very slowly for you. Yeah. And you have to, and you just move in slow motion. But 
Yeah, there was some belief. You know, I genuinely thought maybe he's winning this. And that's great because going into it, I was like, there's no way Kevin Owens is winning the match. Reigns is retaining it. Yeah. And I knew that in the back of my head, but that's when that's when you know wrestling's been done right. Oh, definitely. Because Exactly. Because you just like Yeah, you went in there expecting and predicting and oh no, I know. I know it's gonna be this. But then the match and the way they were working it, and they get you. And I love that. Like I I love that. It's it's just because you just get drawn in. Yeah. And for it to be the semi main event as well after a, a show that had already up to this point had been, you know, pretty easy to watch, to be honest. Um, you know, it was, oh, it was, it was, it was just so good. It was so, so good. Cause going back to the, having, when someone looks like they might not have any chance of winning, but then it looks like they could. Some of the best matches I've seen have had that moment. And it's usually been like a jobber match. Yeah. I remember Neville, when he was Neville against, uh, Seth Rollins on Raw, when Seth was, WWE champion the first time. And then a match where it looked like uh, Pat was going to win. We didn't know it looked like, nah, it was never going to win. But it, had, it was that close. That close. That's that's it. That's when it's done right. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's that's a problem that you get with someone like a Ziggler now. Where, you know, Ziggler's in ring work. I do. I really do like him. I know Jay hates him. But no, I, I do really like Ziggler. But the problem is that the guy isn't believable anymore not not with his current gimmick and stuff which hasn't really changed like he's not really like his character's not changed no and he's the guy that's always fed and he but he never gets the job done so like someone like that i i never you know owens was in sort of danger of it but owens has at least had arguably a bit more of that spotlight than ziggler's had yeah. well, and so I, I did kind of feel like this was because also you you need a face a good, credible face challenging Alpha Roman yeah. on SmackDown. I thought it was going to be Daniel Bryan but when Daniel Bryan came back, but Kevin Owens, I think, needed it. Because have you heard the rumour about him? He was going to go to NXT UK. What, Owens? Yeah. Oh, wow. No, I, I, don't know know if, I don't know if he wanted it or he... Apparently, he was going to NXT UK, not NXT America. Wow. I don't know. Owens just needs to be kept at the top now because he's, he's he's another one that's great on the mic yeah. like let's get some good promos going between him and reigns and Heyman and jay because jay's no slouch on the mic at all no. jay's opened a lot of eyes yeah well right well roman does retain it and with a low blow with a low blow and then the guillotine it was a good the blow. guillotine he's selling that guillotine really well now like yeah. uh, that, that guillotine that again when i was saying about visuals that was an awesome visual just like just reigns being like just the big this big champion and he's just choking him out at the top of this ladder and just letting his body just fall off like yeah. that you know like it was just symbolic of like owens is off the mountain top reigns is still at the top it worked for me it, it just worked it was it just produced and worked so well well the finish i was expecting because i saw there was a table next to the ladder and i thought there was going to be kevin owens going through it but i really like the fact it was uh, Roman winning it himself, not getting Jay to stop him. Yeah, exactly. Because um, they're yeah. doing everything right with Roman. Yeah, and like I said, taking bumps like the suplex into the chair. Yeah, wasn't expect- you always suspect the top guys never to take bumps like that. It's few and far between. But then when they do take it, it means more. Yeah, and it did, and it did mean more because I, I, I was genuinely, you know, I knew Owens was going to go through shit, but. 
you know, when it was happening to Reigns, it did mean more, and it it added it more it added to the match. It felt weird because uh, it's always been rum in the face, Owens to heel when they've been against each other. <laughs> yeah, but this dynamic worked. Yeah, anything Reigns is doing, I'm looking forward to it. It's just good. But guys, you got to go out of your way and watch the match. You know. Yeah bumps aside and everything else in there just just watch it because it's just good again just good storytelling and like I said I would never thought it would be this Roman he's probably a late contender for the rest of the year I don't think there's anybody that tells a better story right now in professional wrestling other than Roman Reigns no and that's not knocking anybody else no. but that's just a testament to how good he is Roman Reigns no one because Roman Reigns has always been the guy that he's always been good he's always looked good but has never been thought of as the top wrestler of the year he's always looked at the top guy to lead the company not the top guy to have the great matches and being the best wrestler kind of like what John Cena was but then, uh, but then you realise yeah, how good I the guy how long then you realise how good Cena was and now Roman's getting that treatment you don't realise how good the guy is until you and I yeah, bet, I've done really well by him I, I, I've got to give this one a golden it was it was so close. It, it was so close to platinum, but it, yeah. Can I, I don't know. It's just not. It's not quite. I know it's not meant to be. I just prefer his ones with Jay so far more. Mm. This has got potential to, you know, to really go far. I give it a four and a half. Nice. Yeah. Can I? That's uh, basically, I suppose it's basically the same score. Yeah. I was gonna. Okay, I was gonna ask. What is in your system? What would be like a, a gold? in numbers or a platinum in numbers it's difficult to kind of try and work it out like that it's I suppose like look if I think something was like bad enough to just not give it a trophy which has happened Mm. when I say bad enough I mean like where it's you know if you're going to get like a squash or something you know there's no point rate something like that do you and ratings in wrestling anyway is so so subjective just like pretty much everything else but it's just so subjective like whatever rating and this is the big problem with the Meltzer thing and his rating system is that look he gives star ratings and then there are so many people out there that will treat that as gospel yeah and I think the bigger problem that you get eventually is where when people will judge a match before maybe they've even seen it, based on the rating that someone else has given it. It's no different to films in that regard. Oh, yeah. But when people do that, you're really taken away from the whole point of that match. Like, Meltzer's rating this based on his own criteria to rate something. We've, I mean, we're just kind of going with the flow with ours. I mean, we're not, you know, we're not wrestling journalists. You know, we are fan. We are we are genuine fans of wrestling, but and we love to talk about wrestling. Hence the podcast. But yeah. you know, by no means does you know this is just, it's all just for fun. You know, we just like talking about it, giving our thoughts. We want to hear your thoughts. We like to hear everybody's thoughts and just just talk about it. But it just helps to be able to cap it off with something like that at the end. Yeah. Ultimately, a rating is meaningless in professional wrestling. You know, it it really is, and the same as a film. All you're really getting is, you know, you're going to have your critics. Uh, they're going to review something. And then that usually differs to what the audience thought anyway. Uh, wrestling's so diverse that, you know, you've got fans, some fans like the main event, which we're going to come to now. But, yeah, you know, there, I'm sure there are people out there that absolutely loved it. And there's going to be people that fucking hated it with a passion. But regardless, that's, you know, 
there is always going to be something for everybody and ratings is so so subjective yeah but the Meltzer thing I don't know he's got his criteria mine is just I just wanted to have a bit of fun with it so Goldenham I suppose kind of is an answer to your question 4.5 ish yeah but because the thing about Meltzer is you might think you're because my favorite match of all time is Shawn Michaels Undertaker 25 I think mm. I, that to me is a 5 star I don't want to if I was to be critical I'd have said five five half or whatever I don't care about that he didn't put it as a five star it's up to him when you do matches that are like seven stars and they're good what difference does it make it's a good match yeah exactly and that's his his criteria for it but I, I don't know his criteria he's someone like Meltzer is probably so far removed as well from being emotionally invested like do you see what I mean? Like Meltzer, yeah. this is probably an episode of its own, to yeah. be honest. But someone like a Meltzer is going to be so removed from the emotional element that makes you a fan. Because we and that and that's where and that's where when the curtain got lifted, that's where it all became a bit of a mess because fans started getting smarter, and and smarter is a smarter is an air quote. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. like we're we're a bit obviously when you know there's no denying we're, we're more uh wisened up now to the business than we would have been in the 80s for example but you know we still don't know everything that goes on behind that curtain and we never will do unless you work within that industry same as really anything but then someone like a Meltzer like Meltzer is his own fucking brand at this point like mm. Dave Meltzer is like a he's like a Jim Cornette he but, but the problem is with something like that is that people they'll, they'll have their followers and their cults but you know you can say what you want about Jim but Jim's worked in professional wrestling and he's he's done and he has been successful not with everything no. same as anybody but he has had success within wrestling someone like a Dave Meltzer is a very, he's obviously very good at what he does but doesn't work directly within the industry and then therefore he gets a lot of this kind of shit that you know shit back from wrestlers within the industry but he himself cannot be... I can't see how he could be emotionally invested as a fan because he's, like, he's a journalist. Yeah. It's the he's there to report. He's there to build his own brand. He's there to build his own success, which I think is what pisses people off because he's building his own success almost on the back of someone else's yeah. or, or their downfall. That's kind of how journalism kind of works. Like, it can be a bit of a dirty business. My favourite joke is um, whenever a match in, in Tokyo or whatever... It's given a five star. It's like if WWE had done the exact same match, I bet it wouldn't have been a five star. No, and but, I've seen that. I've seen that made as well, and I agree because um, some of the five star matches he's given for AEW, personally, I wouldn't have given five star. Some matches are given WWE five star, might not given five star. But subjective though, yeah. always it's always always subjective. But, but yeah, but when you agree on things like because he gave uh, Walter Dragunov five stars, like definitely it's whatever he's looking yeah. for but what he looks for is going to be different to what but when it's things you know, like someone else looks for yeah that doesn't make that person you know nobody's right or wrong in those situations Meltzer's got a system and Meltzer ultimately has a fan base like he does and he has people that are fans of his work and people that will go back to him yeah I've got people that I got like you know um Simon Miller's ups and downs I enjoy that and I like to hear what he's got to say, but he's got, it's his personality that I enjoy too. Yeah. Right. So Simon Miller as a brand, I, I enjoy Simon Miller, not so much what culture overall, 
Um, no. Not since the you know the split with Cultaholic and everything like that. But Simon Miller, I enjoy, and yeah. I enjoy the ups and downs. F- when it comes to films, you know there are people. Jeremy Johns, uh, he's a film critic. Yeah, he reviews films. I enjoy him, and and I do. You know, I he holds weight for me because he does tend to seem he seems to look at a, a lot of the same sort of things that I will. But reviewing films and reviewing wrestling is still as similar as it is. There's still so many differences that separate the two Definitely. because a film is is a film. Like you you can say, look, this was a badly made film and this happened, that happened, blah blah blah. You can still enjoy the film. And most of the people might not enjoy it, but wrestling is so different because you, there's so many more entities and so many things at play. You know, it's just so much more subjective. Definitely. But anyway, look, maybe we should go back to the, get to the main event after that. Yeah. Why not? Cause, uh, never mind, not mind having this match. So it's not going to last long. Oh, no. Yeah. Nothing really happened here, did it really? Cause the, uh, um, we just had the, obviously it's, it's the Fiend and Orton in a Firefly um, Inferno match. Yeah, Firefly Inferno. There wasn't really any fire yeah. at the beginning. Um, so, you know, pretty bog standard stuff. Uh, obviously, it's to call back the angles kind of, you know, to when Orton burned down the... The compound. Um, wire compound. Do you know what yeah. I... You know what I thought this match was when I thought when I first heard of it? I thought it was the Ring of Fire match, again, like they did with him and with Bray and Kane. Like... Yeah. Because I didn't, I didn't think they were going to burn someone. No, well, that's the thing. Nothing really happened in this, did they? Apart right. from you know setting him completely ablaze, which we know obviously isn't the case. But no, well, to begin the with, the match is really short, isn't it? Actually, realistically, this is a very quick match. It says twelve minutes on Wikipedia, but it felt really short. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to get to this. So, um. You know what we were saying earlier about the Thunderdome crowd, and I don't know how how it quite works, because there were definitely elements, if not all of it, was pre-taped. I think it had to be a pre-tape because of how it ended. So there were a couple of things I noticed, because and I, and I know, and I appreciate this, guys. I mean, if you've noticed it as well, don't. I'm not saying to you that you're sad, but I think that I'm sad because it was the first thing I noticed when I was watching it, right? But when they're in the ring, straight away, I was like, Bray's only got one contact in. Did he? And I'm like, that's weird. And then when they went to the spot where he pulls out the, the old Bray Wyatt rocking chair and sort of douses it in gasoline and then leaves the trail. Yeah. When Orton sat in the chair and he's ready to f- throw the lighter on it and they do that awesome shot of the fiend just looking like a fucking, just m- like a real monster. He's got both of the contacts in. And I was like, where the fuck did he have time to put the contact in? Do, do he know, didn't. Do you know what um kind of made me wonder was... Where were the commentators? Well, they'd moved away for that. But the weird thing... Because the, where they put the flames. I know that, but it was like the fact that they... Um, before the match, they did the thing where they were talking to camera. But it wasn't That's like, why I think maybe the whole thing was pre-taped. Yeah. But this was the other thing. Straight to the end then, Ash. We all see what happens. I mean, what, obviously, run, run us through how it ended, but... Well, the idea of the match was the match would end whenever any part of anyone was set on fire. There was a manful claw on the outside, and this felt weird to me that Orton turned around in the manful claw, but it had to do it to push uh, the fiend into the flames. Because I think I, I, I thought that was I thought that was good. Because I, I understand why they did lo- it. Log- logically, Orton had to put himself through more pain. Yeah, because he had to push himself into the manful claw to be able to get him on fire. So, and I, um, I actually quite liked it. But I like the fact that that had to be Bray. 
getting burned. It's gotta be burned. But it had to be him that was burned, right? When it's yeah, dead. always. And I loved the RKO on a man on fire. The, the, the imagery, the visuals to this, it was two matches back to back. Obviously, the visuals from the Inferno match, they're going to stand out in your head more. Yeah. And that is realistically what, what you've been left with at the end of that show. But yeah, Bray's on fire, his back's on fire. Orton gets back in the ring and, you know, well, the Fiend still comes for him whilst he's on fire and a bit of his legs on fire. It looked awesome. He takes the RKO and then obviously what's blown the fucking internet up happened. Yes. He pours gasoline on him and then... All over him. All over him. I thought he'd missed the face until... He did. But then he the face was on fire. So this is the next pit. So, again, I'm very sad for noticing this. Yeah, I'm sure I'm not the only one, though, but... Um, Bray is laying on his back, obviously, right? Because yeah. he's kicked him over. Orton's put all the gasoline on him. When Orton's thrown the match on and sets the body completely ablaze, what I can't work out is whether or not this was a dummy that was in the ring or if they just had somebody lying on their front with everything facing upwards. Uh, and the reason I say that is because if you go now and have a look, have a look on your phone even right now, right? Well, I explain this to you, but uh, where would it be? Just have a look. Just just look for a screenshot of when the fiend's on fire, and have a look and tell. Like, just look at the hand position. What well, does it move? Did it move? It's the other way round. So the fiend's staring upwards, but the hand is placed as though he would be facing downwards. Right. Like you actually can't physically. Your hand wouldn't be in that position because your thumb's not on that side of your hand. Right, so it, that's why I don't know if they'd use a dummy or if they if he if it is somebody just lying face down, and they put like all the fire protective stuff over them. But I mean, uh, if you're going to do that, then surely you'd have used a dummy. But then if they've used a dummy, I don't know why they didn't move the hands up. I think it was a dummy. But the funny the funny thing to me, but, but was- have a, but have a look at it because even from the the point of the like the groin area and everything when it comes down into the leg, looks more like an ass. Well, the thing the thing I was looking for was. Then he breathed. Was the fiend breathing? He was all the way up until the point where it's actually on fire. I would encourage you to just pop your phone out and have a look. Because and let us know. Let me know. Obviously, if the news comes out about how they've actually done it before, then then so be it. But you know, I'm interested to know if you've got a good idea of, of whether or not this was a dummy or if it is somebody lying on their front with a mask placed at the back. Let me know. The only the the only way they could have done a dummy is because. To be honest, the audience that are watching it in the Thunderdome won't be able to see what's going on in the ring because they're following what the camera's following. Yeah, but they're following what the camera's following, but they're in the camera. Yeah. So where it's being filmed, this is what I mean. Like it's being filmed, but they're like they're ob- but they're already on the the screen. Like, but it's already been filmed. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So they must have been watching it whilst it was being pre-taped. <laughs> It had to, because well, it's like we were talking about with the... But then um, if that's the case, stuff like that, then why does nobody ever, like, post about it? I I mean, look, regardless of how they did it, this was a fucking shocking visual. Yeah. People have said they want an edgy WWE. Depending on where they go with this, that was, like, the symbolic burning of the PG era. It could be. There's You cannot say you're a PG company after that shit. Nah. You cannot say you are a you you are, like the only my my thing with it though. I thought it was good. Like I I I, I it was awesome because I wasn't expecting that shit at all. No, 
right? Um, like I said, I thought it was going to be just a ring of fire. And it but you're a- happy that, like, with the whole body being on fire. Oh, yeah, because it's a great visual. It's a DVD cover. The only thing is, though, right, I don't want to be that guy, but I'm just putting it out there because, it, you know, sometimes it's, it's good and interesting to talk about these sort of things. If you're a kid that was watching that, yeah, you can say that, well, you know, you shouldn't be watching it. Well, no, not really, because remember, it's, it's a PG product, right? It's a family product. We put smiles on faces. Remember that? Yeah, but... Be a star and everything else. This is what I mean, though. You can't go back to PG after that. There's no turning back now. Well, let's see. We've had, this year, two people get thrown off a building, and I get removed. So I'm technically getting buried alive, and now we've had someone set on fire. But the visual of, of a body, and we know it wasn't the real person, but the idea is, is that that's the, the fiend there, and he is... You see the body on fire. The yeah. face was all melted in. But it, it's the visual. It's the visual of it. I can understand that some people are going to be really appalled by it. Yeah. I do love it. I, but again, you know, we're of an age and of an understanding of wrestling where that we're watching it and we like that. And if we didn't like it, we just w- we wouldn't watch it. Although we'd probably still have to watch it because we do podcasts. Yeah. But <laughs> you know what I mean, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, the one thing that got me thinking was, did he burn The Fiend and Bray Wyatt or was it just The Fiend? Are they, <sighs> are they technically the same person? You can evaluate, you you can try and sort of work that sort of stuff out, but realistically, he burned a human being. Because, well... Like, that's the story that's being told, and that's the visual that you're presented with, is that he set a human being on fire and has basically murdered Bray Wyatt. One one other thing I want to say is, where's Alexa Bliss? Well, nowhere near that fucking fire, I'll tell you now. Well, she's already hot, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> but yeah, the fact that they were like, the feud started off like, it's all about her, and has, as she's his weakness apparently, but then she disappeared. Mm, I, I, she might be on Raw There's tonight, a story, so. there's going to be a, there's a story here, and I'm looking forward to, to them telling it, but yeah. But I, I, I don't know, PG's dead. You cannot go back from that. No. You literally cannot go back. But it was, like you said, fucking hell of a visual. What would you give it, though? I honestly couldn't say. <laughs> it's, even, it's weird, isn't it? I want to give it... I want to give it a five for some reason. But... It, it was great. As a match, I bef- as a match, I preferred Roman Kevin Owens. I'm just going to give it gold in... Um, just because... Unless there's a story behind it, which there still could very well be, but just because there was irregularities within there that showed me it was pre-taped yeah i'm the contact lens being missing the hand being the wrong way up and stuff like that like it was i then it's nitpicking i know it is but again it's personal it's your personal thing yeah personal I'm, I'm gonna go for four seven five so technically this is your match of the night i've because you're, rate, you're rating that higher than yeah but like i said owens and range was a better match it's the more with the stuff that happened overall right okay i'll go yeah Fucking crazy. Overall? What would you yeah, what would you give it overall? Like the show overall? Because uh, I do think this has been one of the better ones of the year. I'll give it a four. I'll give it a gold. I've said that the pay reviews have generally been the best parts of WWE. TV you get the odd good raw SmackDown. SmackDown's been amazing since Roman's come back. 
But the pay-per-view's been really... I can't think of a, a bad, bad pay-per-view this year WWE have made. Not a terrible one, no. No. Even Extreme Rules with the eye gouging and all that kind of stuff was pretty good. It had some good matches. Yeah, this was good. It was a really, really enjoyable show. And like we said, look, it's left... You want to see what happens on Raw now, don't you? Definitely. So you've got to give WWE credit where it's due. You've got to. And they put on a good show. Definitely. So... That's our review of WWE TLC. PG is no more. No. Can't be, surely. But yeah, let us know. Let us know what you thought of the show. Um, you can find us, well, you can let us know by visiting us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. That's all at Three Men One Full. Uh, we've got the link tree, which is uh, at TMOF. It's going to be on all of the social media platforms anyway. That's where you can find everywhere that you can listen to us. And where can they listen to us? Um, I should have the list up because I knew that was coming. Podbeam. <laughs> Got uh, him. Got yeah. him. Uh, sorry, I see. We're on Podbeam. We're on uh, Spotify, Amazon Podcasts. Is that? Amazon Music, Amazon. Audible, iTunes, Stitcher. Uh, yeah. Um, YouTube, on and off. On and off. <laughs> Wherever you go. Wherever you get your podcasts, that's where we are. Once again, really want to thank you for getting us over 700 downloads. We're 20, this is our 23rd episode. We've got over 700 downloads now. That's just, it's, it's amazing. Thank you all so, so much. Yeah. Um, if you have a comment about what your match ratings would be or what you think of the end of the pay per view and what that can lead up to, uh, yeah, comment on our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever, and love to hear from you. If you see Ashley in the street, just go and tell him. Tell him, Ash, this is what I thought of The Fiend. This is what I thought of The Miz cashing in. You're wrong. <laughs> I am, to be honest, I am waiting for that. I'm waiting for someone to recognise the voice. Not. <laughs> yeah, I've got a distinct voice. Yeah. Do you know what? I don't know if anyone from local that isn't friends of ours just has listened to it yet. I suppose if you are, well, if you are, we hope you're enjoying. Yeah. Let us know. Let us, Let know. us know. But wherever you are in the world, we hope you enjoy the show we hope you've enjoyed this show and we hope you've enjoyed TLC's show yeah we've got one more left for this year it's our end of year review we'll just sort of talk about everything that's happened that's going to be a fun one <laughs> yeah I'm it's probably going to be a long one as well but um, no thank you so much for sticking with us guys yeah last one before Christmas I just want to say and I know I speak on behalf of Jay as well here but um, you know we really do wish you wherever you are in the world a really happy Merry Christmas, despite everything going on. And it is tough, especially here in the UK as well at the moment. And it's, when, it's not the only country in the world, obviously. You know, there are other countries out there that have it worse than us all year round anyway. Um, you know, it's, you've got to be grateful for what you do have and really just make the most of it. You know, really try and make the most of it. It's very easy for you to say sometimes, but um, I don't know, Ash. This is the best we can do, isn't it, really? Just... Wish you all the very best. We just hope you have a really good Christmas despite everything going on. Definitely. 100%. Well, I've been Russ. I've been Ash. Always have been. Always will be. (laughs) So I really moved that one around that time. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's it. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) See you next week, everybody. Have a good Christmas. Fiend is fucking dead, mate. Three men, three men. I did it. I did it. What the people, what the people.